Hello and a big welcome to the Gridiron Crew podcast. I'm your host Danny McVeigh and it was the NFL Divisional Playoff Round and here to bring uh, bring you all the breakdown, you all the action is the crew of the finest quality. These boys would never get the yips, would these boys? First up we have, and it's been a wee, wee while, this is Zach Wilson, he's the oh, chairman, superstar, Zach Wilson fan club. How you doing Pat? I'm good, mate. I, I have missed you, so I have. It's been a long time. I know, it's been a wee while. Was, that was back before Christmas and stuff, wasn't it? It was, I. I. In fact, um, I, was out with, I was out with Scott and Keith just between Christmas and New Year. We went for a couple of quiet drinks, watched a Celtic game. We ended, ah, up, the dancing, we ended up in the dancing at four in the morning. So. Hamilton, Hamilton uh, Palace. I know, mental. So well... Why say to everybody else in there? That was part of the problem. <laughs> <laughs> so, it's quite right, impressive. Um, we've been in hiding ever since. The, the last time I, last time you were on the podcast, the Jets were actually still good or something like that. Oh. That's been a wee while, hasn't it? Or they, they were at least in the playoff contention back then. They, they certainly were. They just kind of tailed off. Was that not before you I think it was just about then, wasn't it? We've not brought the Aye, it was just before you left, aye. <laughs> um, aye, but it was a good start to the year. No, it was a good end to the year, but, you know, we've got something to build on. Something to build on, just not a franchise QB. That's that's definitely something no. you don't have to build on. No, we'll see. <laughs> uh, the Mouth Hunter is done. Some of the reports coming out about the Jets were wild, though, weren't it? The rejoicing in the, in the dressing room when they benched them and stuff like that. It's just a bit mental to hear. I know, but, you know, like... I think you've got to look at it for a bigger angle than just the QB. You know, I mean, you've got to look at the whole whole setup. You know, who the QB coach is. So, you know, I think it's more than just Zach Wilson to blame there. Um, but, well, Mike Lafleur, he he got blamed. So, move mm-hmm. on with him. We'll see how Any- well it does next year. <laughs> oh well, you never know. It's got to cost you a pretty penny. I think once the franchise franchise tag him, right? I definitely. Uh, Sorry, studs. We've left you out there. How you doing, buddy? You must be a very happy, but a very worried KC fan. <laughs> I want to ask: in the last like forty-eight hours, how many times have you googled high ankle sprain recovery time? <laughs> uh, I, f- I think it's actually doubled doubled up on my search history. It's on my phone. It's on my laptop. It's <laughs> anytime I'm near something, I'm, I'm searching this. To be fair, but oh, Andy Reid has put my mind at ease. Andy Reid has said it's not as bad as it was in. 2019, which well, uh, I'm trying to remember. 2019, the only one, I, the only bad injury I can remember, Pat Mahomes having was his kneecap Knee facing cap. the other way around. Mm. Um, so if it's not as bad as that, then it should I, be. You've only got a week to recover, <laughs> but we'll, we'll, get, we'll get into that. I'm just glad that there's something else to stop your search history rather than like, you know hot grannies in your area or something. <laughs> 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 I'm pointing point the wrong way. Pat's the, Pat's the one that the grannies are all after. If you yeah. listen to Keith in the early intros. Definitely was the grannies in Hamilton Palace. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> oh, right. Yeah. It depends what state, what bit you go to in Hamilton Palace. I'm sure if it, when we were all going there, there was a certain section that was for grannies. It was a bit. It was a bit Wednesday night though. Aye, that was That's... shut. It was that room there with the TV boppers. So it was. Is that, is that oh, right. It is the Hamilton slash Motherwell area, you know, teeny boppers. Good chance they were grannies at this point. So could have been. I. <laughs> oh Jesus! Right again, 
since it, since we're into the playoffs and stuff like that, let's not mess about with any questions, right? Let's just get right into the action. Four excellent games to get through. Uh, what we'll do is we'll start with the AFC, then we'll jump onto the NFC games and we'll go through them sort of in order that they were played in. So first up, this one, perk your interest there, studs. First up, Saturday night, Jacksonville Jaguars travel to Arrowhead Stadium, take on the Kansas City Chiefs. Jags were obviously raining high after that comeback win. Uh, in the wild card round against the Chargers, Kansas were fresh off their asterisks by. You know they were looking fresh, and they're looking to make it to what is that the fifth straight AFC Championship game studs? Their fifth, yes, yep. fifth, fifth straight. But Chiefs fans, sphincters quickly started to contract when they saw Pat Mahomes rolled up his ankle. It wasn't looking good, but let's face it, it was a Travis Kelsey masterclass, led the Chiefs to a 27-20 victory over the plucky Jags, who did manage to put up a decent fight. Studs, I'm not going to waste any time. Let's just come straight to you, big man. Did you enjoy it? <laughs> uh, I, th- I think enjoy's probably stretching it, to be honest. Oh, it, was, oh. it was close. I listen, love, the, love the outcome. Love the outcome. Not going to not going to be yes there, right? But it was it was tight, and I'd say it on the podcast. I thought it was going to be tighter than what the what the bookies had worked Your out. Your sphincter, the sphincter after <laughs> the injury, or we were still talking about the result here. Well, well, as soon as as soon as you seen the Jags player um, drop a man, macho man Randy Savage knee on the ankle, you're you're always sweating. To be fair, do you know what I mean? So, uh, I just, when you, when that happened, it was you're hinting awful. there that that was deliberate. I would never suggest that a, another player would injure a fellow professional. Um, Doesn't he play so, with the Saints for money? Uh, that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I would never insinuate that. Um, I have seen people trying to kind of reach to that point that the Jags boy didn't try and wrap him up. Of, that he's, he's in, just dropped straight to his knees so he landed on the ankle. And listen, in the heat of the moment, if he's got the the brains to, to and the quickness to kind of do that, then no fair play to him because it's, it's brutal trying to injure an art professional. But I mean, the only thing in my mind, if I'm tackling Pat Mahomes, is get him to the ground. I'm not thinking about, oh, there's his ankle, I'm going to drop my knees on it. I'm, I'm wanting him down so he can make a pass and the next thing somebody's 50 yards down the field scoring a touchdown. Um, so if that Jags player had the wherewithal to drop his body on Pat Mahomes' ankle at that instant to make sure he injured them, then he's a, he's a quicker thick man than me. Um, but that that aside, <laughs> laughing at Pat. <laughs> I, I can take offence to that, that wee chuckle there. <laughs> Snipering me for the background. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I, what, the injury is obviously the big fear. Um, Chad Henney getting his, um, well, it's becoming almost yearly or bi yearly appearance in the divisional rounds um, to pick up the pieces and, and drive us down the field. I mean, I think if I remember reading right, that's the longest playoff drive in Chiefs history 98 yards um, that, he, that he led us on. So, Listen, he's a good quarterback. He's no part of Holmes, um, but he, he done a job for us, and I think you need to give the guy credit. He stepped in in a tough situation. Shows it's a system, eh? Studs. Nothing to do with the QB <laughs> system, sure. right there. Uh, I'm sure we've spoke a couple of times about coaching matters. Is it, have, have we not mentioned that nah. a couple of times? They steal a Brian Donlan phrase. I'm not. I, I'm. I'm. I'm a. Uh... 
yeah, no, I'm obviously a bit tongue in cheek there, but <laughs> I guess I'll, I'll keep it with you though. But I, I think this game shows that when Mahomes isn't at his best, you've got uh, Andy Reid, Eric Bieniemy there, who can scheme things up. They can make sure that Travis Kelsey gets wide open. Uh, Pat, I don't know if you watched this game, but obviously I, I alluded to it there. It was an absolute masterclass from Kelsey. Just everything in the line, chipping away at the line, blocking, and then all of a sudden find yourself in about five yards of space. Who and again that makes it easy. That makes it easy for a a, a one legged Pat Mahomes or a Henny or you know, even early doors, Pat Mahomes was showing the flashes, you know, you're seeing jump passes, sidearm passes on the first drive. It just scheming wide on. Unstoppable when he's not forming it. No, he's brilliant. So it's absolutely brilliant, even on one leg. You know, he, he even managed a jump pass. So his good leg for MVS. He's touched out at the end as well to steal the game. So he did. So no, absolutely top class. Um, but you know, if I was a if I was a Chiefs fan, I'd be a bit worried going into next week. So I would um, think you know we've said that Kelsey was brilliant, absolutely superb. But you know that's in the coaching as well. You know they moved him around about the whole the whole field. You know the. They knew that Mahomes couldn't chuck it. They knew he couldn't scramble the way he could used to scramble. So they totally relied on Kelsey. Um, but I was cracking to see the, the way they did it. Um, but for me, this this was, I mean, I did watch it. This, this was a real missed opportunity for the Jags. The Jags were in this game. And especially, obviously, you know, when Mahomes went down, you're thinking, you know, they, they could actually pull some off here. I thought, you know, they were really unlucky. But actually, you know, they shot themselves in the foot a few times as well. If you look at the drop that uh, Christian Kirk had, that's a 60 yard. It was, I mean, the rough in the passer call, you know, they had their opportunities here. It was and an absolute dime by Lawrence for that drop as well. It was, and then also I think he threw a couple of interceptions, I think, at the end as well. But I think it was a real missed opportunity. I think the Jags will be there again, don't get me wrong. I think they're a good side. Obviously, they're building, they're exciting to watch. But they could have won. They could have won, and I think, don't get me wrong, Mahomes had had that injury, I think, they'd have been out of sight. But with that injury, I think they definitely could have taken them. I definitely think it's a bit more of a missed opportunity. I, I, I think you're doing our defence a bit of a service here because Chris Jones was wrecking that line. Um, we've spoke about it. Um, he started play. He's stepped up at the right time um, as well. So he started to come good in the latter half of the season. Frank Clark doing doing what Frank Clark does in the playoffs. He gets round yep. the edge and he starts getting QB sacks. And um, I mean, you're starting to see that line. I I Listen, the Christian Cup pass is just a complete drop. There's no, I'm not going to turn around and say that was great defending from us because it blatantly <laughs> wasn't. Um, but you're looking at rookies in there, like Jalen Watson getting another pick um, today. Again, mentioned in the pod last week the the fact that he'd got a big pick in the Chargers game to win the game for us. And, and then you've got obviously the, the Agnew fumble. And I mean, as much as it it benefited my team. I did feel a bit sorry for Agnew because he had had some excellent punt returns and if it wasn't for Butker's face taking his knees out, um, he probably would have had another touchdown um, from a punt return. So, as I say, it's, uh, I, I think our defence certainly stepped up in, in the absence of Mahomes as well. No, you're spot on, you're spot on. And it was actually some tackle for Butner as well. It was a crank tackle. <laughs> so it's... That's quite impressive, isn't it? Just go straight with the face. I tell you, I thought it was an absolute crank game. Uh, Thornhill, I thought he had a brilliant game. Uh, I thought he, he was underrated really, in the game. 
Seen him step up, make quite a few big plays in the last few weeks or the last month or so. You know, he's really coming onto a game, like say Jones and that all uh, that D line really starting to cause a bit of havoc there. Uh, I, I what I actually really liked about Kansas in this game is that that. You can see that they've evolved from last year. You know when they when they had like you know Tyreek Hill with Cheetah, There was a lot of there was a lot of opportunities for chunk plays. There was a lot of ways to scheme him on a lot of yards after the catch and pick up quick touchdowns, go quickly down the field six you know sixty seventy yards in a couple of minutes. But their their first three drives, the first three plays of the half, uh, two touchdowns, one field goal. One went for six minutes, one was five minutes 55, another one was six minutes and five. You know, you control the clock and you score on these plays. That's going to make it very difficult for any team to try and get back in there. You know, so I thought that was really good. You know, it's no, I wouldn't call it dink and dunk, but they're, they're just taking what defences are giving them. You know, as I say, yeah. it's why, you know, and now I think I said in our WhatsApp group watching the game, I'll. I'm still amazed why folk just don't stick a man, double team, whatever it takes, Kelsey. Hit him. Hit him hard. Look, as a fan of Gronk growing up watching it, how many big hits you've seen Gronk take? Yeah. And it just seems that Kelsey is wide open. You know, some of Gronk's biggest plays was he'd have like three men run about him and he's sort of dragging them down the field. <laughs> or he's having to sidestep them or he's getting absolutely nailed. And it just seems that Kelsey just is so wide open. And I, I, I just don't understand it. You know, one of the stats I kind of took for here is that there was 27 receptions for Kansas City in this game and 14 of them were to Kelsey. Yeah, which is a record as well. Yeah. Um, for a non-running back, that's a that's a record. They tie, I, I heard the name on the, on the um, commentary, but I've completely alluded to me, but it was a running back. Um, but I honestly, and I'm going to do my best uh, Mitch Holtis impression here, but any time Kelsey is in the red zone, you, you can almost hear Mitch in the background going, Touchdown, Kansas City! It's just, it's almost a foregone conclusion. Even if, it doesn't matter, Mahomes, Henry, both of them looking for him in the red zone. And as you say, it just seems to have that knack of getting home. Um, so I, with Kelsey fat again, you're, you're looking at you've got a chance and um, Jake McKinnon as well. I, I know I've mentioned it on our, po- on our chat. Some of the blocks he was putting in when Mahomes was banged up, I mean, he flattened the Jags linebacker. Absolutely. <laughs> seen it. Oh, honestly, and he's been doing it for weeks, I think. I, I've been kind of watching um, oh, what's his name? Baldy's Breakdowns and he's been picking up in the last few weeks that Jet McKinnon is standing in there and he's hitting these yep. these blitzers coming in to protect Mahomes. Um, so uh, it's it's great to see. And then Pacheco is just like, the angriest runner on the planet. It, it's, I mean, that um, that one on the Henny drive where they burst out for 39 yards was so quick. Um, it was great to see. And I think... Um, He's looking good, and again, I think he's probably another one that's hitting a good bit of form at the right time. It goes a long way, doesn't it? You know, you again, it opens things up. If if you've got a run game, you could look at what is it? Pacheco got almost 100 yards, 95 yards or something yeah. like that, and 12 carries. Was that 7.9 yards a carry? That's that's a legitimate threat that you have to account for. So again, it means your linebackers are having to step up. They're going to watch for that run. 
and again, it's easy to find the space, you know, depending if, if they're sitting with a couple of deep safeties there, it's easy to try and find the space in behind. And all of a sudden, as I say, you've got guys who are not, if it's, I was going to say Juju, but again, he didn't really do much. I think he had two receptions in this. Tony had five. You know, it, it, to me, again, if I um the Bengals, again, spoiler for what's coming up, but if I'm the Bengals, I am going after Kelsey. I am doing whatever it takes. Chip him on the line. I am going to just put somebody on him because, especially if you've got Pat Mahone's hob on a bit in one leg, you know, is he actually going to have a deep ball? You know, well, I think that's what they did. I think that's what they did at the weekend. There, I think they changed the play up and moved Kelsey around, and that's why Juju and things never seen a lot of the ball. Yeah. I think there's a lot of chunk plays, a lot of short, sharp passing, and obviously that benefited Kelsey. Um, but the, yeah, said. But I guess but Juju was good at that. Uh, Juju was good at that in Pittsburgh as well, though getting off the line quick and get getting the slants and stuff. That's where Juju was most effective. So if we are getting um, part on one leg essentially I think you're going to see more of that for Juju um, Tony's another one his releases from when he was at college was very very good um, obviously didn't see it much in uh, New Jersey but he's certainly doing it, doing his part at, in Kansas just now so I think these guys will, will be key in getting releases obviously Kelsey has doubled up whatever then you're going to be looking at guys like Juju and Tony to get those quick releases to get open I think that's where McKinnon's really good as well. McKinnon's really good in the passing game as well. And yeah. you've seen that in the regular season. You know, he's got a lot of touchdowns to that. He was a really good threat in the passing game. So yeah, I think he got eight touchdowns in the last six games or seven in the last six, something like that. He was one of my waiver wire pickups, that's what I always remember. <laughs> <laughs> oh. but- but uh, yeah, no, as I say, I, I just think it's maybe something, and I'm sure the guys will review this when it comes up to the championship games. But you know, for me, it's you know, I'd be worried. Like, you know, Mahomes, if he's not going to be able to plant his feet properly, does that take away the deep threat? So, when you're looking short and intermediate passes, you know, you can that means maybe you've got you know, you can bring another safety, you know, sit a wee bit further down sitting on Kelsey, just spy him all game. And yeah, you know, it might free up Juju, but again, it's a wee bit of the whole Belichick thing. Take away the biggest threat, make them try and beat you with MVS or Juju. And don't get me wrong, they're more than capable of doing it. But, you know, when you see the sort of form that uh, Kelsey's on, that's uh, it's much easier uh, to win with them. So, uh, he's got a target on his back. Um, just ve- very briefly before we move on, for me, what it, watching the last game when we were in Cincinnati, Pacheco was having a lot of success and we stopped using the running game when we were in Cincy. Now, for me, if we're going to have success again, pat on, pat on one leg, we need to ride on the back of that run game. Yeah. And it's un- probably uncomfortable for, for Mahomes and Kelsey and things like that. If Pacheco's getting those seven yards a carry, you run with that hand until they stop it. Well, well, I think though that you know one of the the factors in that is something that we've not really you know touched upon yet is the O line and just how good that O line is. Whether it's uh, Creed Humphrey, Humphrey, or whether our boy uh, Joe Tooney, and you know the, the rest of Brown. Orlando Brown, that's the one I was thinking of there. You know. They've been unreal. They really have really stepped up, really gelled since they get back together. You know, there was that kind of dodgy period that started early last season where they were looking like they were 
again, they were pretty much just a full rebuild, but it took them a year of time to settle, and they're really coming out on their own now, which, again, we are hobbled up Pat Mahomes and a, a, a rookie running back. That's what you need. That's what you're going to need to win these games and be a fish. Yeah. Pat, have you anything else on the Jags? You know, spent a fair bit of time there talking about Kansas. I, I guess, you know, it's probably a bit right, the result, but are you surely Kansas uh, Kansas fans? No. Jags fans must be sort of delighted with the way the seasons went. I think, I think they've absolutely overachieved. I think if you look at where they were, where they have been for the past few years, and obviously again, obviously into the playoff, getting to the divisional game, they've got to be pleased with that. I think, and as I say, as I said, so I think they can go into this game thinking it was actually a missed opportunity as well. I think they had the chance here as well. I don't think they were they were ever out of the game. You know, like we'll talk about other games later on when you know when teams go two, two or three scores up and things like that. But how you just feel confident that's it, it's done. The game's done. You always feel as though the Jags had a shot in this game. Um, would that have been the case as I say, if Pat wasn't on one leg? Then probably not. But I definitely think they've run a shout. And if I'm a Jags fan, I'd be sitting there going, we've made some great progress. We're way ahead of the curve in terms of where we should be just now. There's a few teams, obviously, that are kind of in a similar position. They're probably overachieved this year. Um, but the Jags are definitely up there. And they're actually they're really exciting to watch. With, I mean, we'll back lyrical about Detroit all season long. But the Jags definitely have been somewhere hope, somewhere bend from the EFC. I think they've been really good to watch and they've got better as the years went on. What about you, Studs? Were you getting impressed with what you did see of them? I, I, I generally thought, for the most part, I thought we actually defensively handled them very well. It was the special teams. Agnew was the one give it, getting them off to a good start for me. I don't I don't think Trevor Lawrence looked great um, today. I thought last week, obviously, second half looked great. First, first half looked nervous. Even the, going back to week 18, the Titans game where they had to win, it didn't look great. Um, whether that's just first time in the playoffs, I don't know. Um, as I say, other than that, the, the dime pass that Kurt dropped, I can't really remember Lawrence causing us any major problems. It was Travis Etienne that was causing us the problems. I think he had over 100 yards in the day. No, sorry, 60 odd yards and a touchdown in the day, sorry. Um, but he... he he was the one that was causing his problems rather than Trevor Lawrence for me. Um, I thought our defence stood up pretty well, um, if I'm honest. I th- so, again, first time there, I, th- I think they're going to go for strength to strength, um, being perfectly honest. I trust Doug Peterson, Peterson I think, is a good coach. Um, I, I, th- I think the Jags have certainly got a se- an off-season to look ahead to um, and see where they go next year. Nice one, right. Let's jump on because we've got another good game coming up here. Next up on the other AFC game was, well, the snow was chucking it down at Orchard Park uh, and it was, you know, uh, it was going to be a classic, which for me was an absolute classic showdown between the Bengals and the Bills Sunday night. It was obviously only a few weeks ago before the teams had to postpone. It was the Week 17 game due to Jamar, uh, Demar Hamlin suffering that cardiac arrest in the field, so it was great to see him in attendance last night to witness what was a complete slap down by the Bengals. Uh, Cincinnati basically dominated this one for the opening drive right through to the Cam Taylor Brit interception, which basically iced the game late on. Bengals won this 27 10, but it wasn't even that close, was it, Pat? Nah, total blowout, total blowout. And as I say, from the first quarter when you know the first two drives or two touchdowns, you're like, this game's done already. Like, you just felt as though they had them no problem at all, you know. 
Joe Burrow, like we'll, we'll, I'm sure we'll talk about him for a long period here, but he's cool, absolutely brilliant. You know, um, didn't have a single three and out the whole game. There's no turnovers. You know, he was controlling the game, controlled the clock. Bengals were brilliant. They added the run game, mixing clubs, they stepped up in the snow, ran in over 100 yards, I think it was, got his touchdown. Um, their threat, their, you know, they've got T Higgins, they've got Jamar Chase, they've got uh, the boy Boyd as well. Like, they've got so many weapons on offense. And obviously, even Hayden Hurst, like, leaping over defenders as well, you know, and looking like a player. Um, Buffalo just never get going, didn't they? Know? Like, that, that's the truth of the matter. Buffalo just couldn't cope with them at all, um, yeah. which was really surprising. You know, I was for me, this was like the game of the game of the divisional round. I thought, you know, this was going to be brilliant. Settled down to watch this, thinking it was going to be like a total slump, a total, you know, um, shootout. Just didn't materialise. Burrow was there to play. Didn't look like Josh Allen was there to play. Um, I thought, at least especially when I seen it was going to be a snow game as well. Thought Buffalo that was going to play to their hands. I thought, you know, that's going to be big factor for them but it's just didn't, nothing happened they didn't have a run game at all just wasn't it wasn't going for them whatsoever um and even you know trying to obviously i think i don't know when it was but they got obviously they've got the mar on the big screens and stuff like that, try to galvanize the crowd you know nothing nothing happened um now for me it was, it was comfortable so comfortable in the end um and yeah you wonder what's going to happen with buffalo for here on in um, you did have some harm, you had Stefan Diggs throw his toys at the pram and try and run well, out did, the and, do you know what I mean but uh, <laughs> that was a, that was about the only passion that the Buffalo Bills showed in the game to be honest and as you I say, don't know, Josh like, Allen did try to start a fight at one point Josh Allen always tries to start a fight and then like, so like you've just done that so as I would jump right in in that. <laughs> Say it beautifully. <laughs> Josh Allen always tries to start a fight, especially when he's losing. Look at the game last, when, uh, was it last year, maybe the year before. We've just sacked him. What does he do? Oh, there's the ball. I'm going to throw it off the Chiefs player's helmet so as it makes him snap and he tries to push me. And then both teams get penalties against them. So he always start, tries to start a fight. Tried it with Miami. His O-line jumped in to protect him. And then he tried it again. And guess what? O-line jumped in again. Josh Allen always starts it. There's no way to finish it, but he'll start it. He seemed a wee bit hurt there, studs. Not at all. Listen, if you're going to start a fight, you'd at least be able to finish it. Don't fucking hide behind somebody bigger. <laughs> to be fair, he is like 6'6 six, six, about 250 pounds. Let's face it, did, he's a did, big that's, that's my point. He's not a big guy. Did they not start a fight last week and then sort of sidelined out of it? Aye, that's my point. He always does it. <laughs> That's exactly my point. He always does that. But as you say, he's no wee guy. He's 6'5". He likes to truck people when he's running with a football. He shouldn't be hiding behind linemen. And, well, offensive linemen. If he's going to start something with somebody, then just go the whole hog. Right, we've definitely um, spent more time on Josh more time Allen. More time on the He's NFL <laughs> one at this rate. But, well, why don't... We might as well just kind of stay on Buffalo the now just while we're talking about it. I picked him to win. I thought the injuries to the O line were still were going to be too much 
for the Bengals. I thought, yeah, okay, they're on Von Miller, but they've still got Rousseau there, they've still got Ed, uh, Ed Oliver, they've still got Matt Milano, still got a lot of good players that can do a bit of damage. They were nowhere to be seen. They absolutely manhandled them. That whole line was unreal. They dominated them. Both lines did in the trenches. They just smashed them up and down, whether it was the O-line. I think, uh, I don't know how many times he was sacked, was it? I, I, I think he had a bit eight or something like that. But he was he sacked a lot, Josh Allen. I'm sorry, wasn't he sacked? But he was under pressure. The amount of QB hits he was getting, you know, he was scrambling. He was under pressure constantly. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and I thought it would be the other way about, you know. I just, Bill, you were saying, well, you guys were saying, just didn't see anything from them, any fight. Tredavious White wasn't he looking up the usual John Poyer was just nowhere to be seen they were getting caught up at will uh, you know they were spreading the ball about your same part whether it be Pira you know it was you know I think he did about five reception this game mixing in a couple yep. as well Hurst is in there uh, who's the uh, Irvin it's Irvin a couple of yep. you know, he's stepped up as well. It just seems, and every time Joe Cool's just at the back there, he's just picking them off one at a time. It looks completely unfazed, absolutely unbelievable. It seems the further it gets into you know November, December, January, this guy's balls just get bigger and bigger. He's just absolutely massive walking about there. Just seems nothing phases him. Now, kind of at the start when we were getting to the, the playoffs, I'd said this, like, this was my team that I thought are getting hot at the right time. But I thought some injuries are kicking in there. I think they're going to another third centre or whatever it is and stuff. I thought, ah, that's just maybe going to cause some problems. But again, guys like Ted Karras were really stepping up to the mark here. And they did an absolute great job of protecting. And that's, for me, is where this game was really won and lost, just in the trenches, and they controlled the clock. What about you, Studs? What did you see? I, I can't really disagree with anything you're saying there. Um, they, ha- they handled the snow better. The Buffalo defensive line just looked like they couldn't get to grips and they weren't able to chase Joey Burrow down. Um, I think, if I remember right, I think Joe Burrow actually had more rushing yards than Josh Allen um, last night as well. Um, so, Which is not something he's known for. Um, he did. He did. Well done, huh? He ran. Burrow uh, had 31 yards and Allen had 26 yards. And that, that's the thing. You expect Allen to be getting going. It's its part of his game. He's a mobile quarterback. You expect him to have these designed runs. I think I can only remember two or three um, sort of designed runs for him. Just... Even, even at 26 yards, sorry, Studs, he was still Buffalo's leading Russia, aye, <laughs> you know, aye. single tray had 24 and James Cook had 13. That is pathetic. That sums them up. It yep. doesn't. It, that's the thing. It was all this hype at the start of the season. It's like, oh, Buffalo, this is going to be their year. They're the most complete team. They've lost Von Miller and their defense has went from, I think, a, a, a top eight defense to like a 22nd in the league defense. Um, on pass rush, certainly. Now, it just Obviously, they've paid him the big bucks, so that's why he is there. Injuries happen to everybody, but you've got to have somebody else to step up. Um, they've obviously not had that on their defence. And if you're not going to get after Joey B, then, as you said, he's going to pick, he's going to pick you apart. And for me, I, I thought the play calling was, was genius for the Bengals. Um, they got Chase wide open the first touchdown. They then, for the Hayden Hurst touchdown, they've ran a goal route for Jamar Chase. Buffalo's 
Buffalo's went with him and it's just left Hayden Hurst wide. No, sorry, it was the third and ten when Hurst hurdles the guy. They've ran around <laughs> for nice. Chase and Chase is away and the secondary's all dropped with Chase and Hayden Hurst just kind of goes into this wee area. Bum, there you go. Jump over the backup cornerback that's come in for jo- Jordan Poyer and yeah, that's first time we'll stay on the field again. They just the Buffalo defense just couldn't couldn't stop them. No matter what they done, they could have still been playing the day and no stopped. Not agreed. I thought a special kind of shout out has to go to uh, that man that Stu's favourite, Lou Anarumo, the oh. uh, defensive coordinator of Bengals. Yeah. Unreal. Some of the blitzes he was calling up. You know, Mike Hilton had an <laughs> absolute game. You know, he was coming out of nowhere. It just and it was so late as well. They were they were bringing the rush. You know, they were letting it develop, letting it bite, and then just come out of nowhere. I thought he did an absolute cracking game. Uh, what did they end up with? It was something ridiculous. Eight tackles, one for loss, PD, two QB hits. He was unreal. Aye, Mike Howard, the thing that he's going to be remembered for that one that was almost a, a strip sack on Josh Allen, it got overturned into an incomplete pass, because he flew uh, around that corner and he <laughs> got to him, Allen had no chance, and whether you think it's an incomplete pass or a strip sack, it's, it was still an unbelievable play and an the, unbelievable call by Luana Rumo. The, the, the right should be picking him up, you know. The, the I don't know, but he just come absolutely flying out the wing. Aye. And again, I was going to mention Pat. There was a couple of dodgy ref decisions that went on this. There was that. There absolutely was. I fumble incomplete. Uh, fumble slash. Say it was an incomplete pass. And yep. then there was a certain touchdown that was not a touchdown. Do you mind? Yeah. We, we, we should have taken that one. <laughs> Well, I think I, I, th- I thought it was maybe the Scottish referees that were, were at this game. So that's well, 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 well. <laughs> I'm taking fire everywhere for you today. That's tough. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, real referees, that's you're all right. Ah, right. No, 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 the amateur referees, that's fine. No, the amateurs are going to pay their pro salary. Um, so, no, I, I definitely have some dodgy calls in this. I mean, I think the, the touchdown for me, I mean, his feet are down on the ground, he's got the, the ball in his hands, the ball doesn't hit the ground. I don't know why that wasn't a really touchdown. I mean, I'm sure Studs will disagree and tell me the, the real reasons. But, you know, like for me, that, that should have stood. Um, I think there was quite a few dodgy calls in this one. And let's let's be fair, I mean, like, that's points that come off the board for, for the Bengals. You know, this that made the game seem closer, but it was never it was never close. So I don't I don't think it ever really mattered at the end of the day. It was just a matter of time before the Bengals scored another or another drive. I mean that that touchdown or non-touchdown was a was a four-point swing, so they had to end up settling for the field goal. Um, it's a hard one, as I say. Obviously, I know it's supposed to be indisputable evidence to to kind of turn it over. So I'd be curious to know they've obviously given the touchdown. Um, I'd be curious to know where it becomes indisputable evidence that he's not in control of that ball um, with his feet down. Is it? Are they saying that? He's no made the football move, and that's when he started juggling it. So he's got his feet down, he's made the catch, but as he does his football move where he starts to fall to the ground, is that when he starts juggling it? And because he's not completed that football move, that's why they've turned it over. I, I don't know. I don't think is you need a football move, though, do you, in the end zone? Because then the day, how many toe-tap kind of catches, you know, that that's not a football move, that's just getting your feet down. But I guess yep. what they're saying is once but, you get your feet down, you need to maintain control of the ball 
right through the whole catch. And what they're saying yeah. is him, at one point he sort of moves the ball from one hand to the other and they're kind of saying, has he got control? And then obviously Milano's in there not out. Now, I can see why they called it. I think I said in their WhatsApp group, but I don't, I don't think that is a touchdown. Mm-hmm. But is it an issue then with the officials or is it an issue with the rules? Because I think it's the rules. That, that should have been. I think MD can see you look at that and you say that is a touchdown. What more does the guy need to do? He's, you know, it's he's all, caught oh. it, feet down, you're saying yeah. touchdown. And he's fallen down with it. It was nearly like the ground. You know, Matt Milano, he was basically lying on the ground and Milano still trying to rip his arms away and stuff like that. I think MD can say that, you know, common sense should prevail and that gets called a touchdown. But kind of going by the way that the rules are worded, that... I I can understand why it wasn't given. Yeah, but I was going to say, I mean, unless there's sort of clear evidence to overturn it, then you should always favour the attacking team as far as I'm concerned. But that was all clear as far as I could see. You could see exactly how the ball was moving. You could see Milano's hands in there. It was just, again, the interpretation that uh, that's the rule. Is it right? I don't think so. Was it the, But was it, per the rules, was it the right call? I think it probably was. So again, maybe it's something they need to discuss in the in the postseason, get all the, the owners around and put something forward to get that changed. But it just again it, it throws out that debate there, what is a catch and what isn't, you know, and, and that, we shouldn't year after year we shouldn't still be at this point. Is that is that should admit that Jesse James was a catch? Oh no way. <laughs> there was no football in there, there at all. Everybody knows that was never a catch. <laughs> Uh, just, just throw that one in there, in there for Martin. <laughs> so, a couple of other points just to bring up. There was a record set in this game. Bengals had 30 first downs, which is quite unbelievable. That is going to win you any game whatsoever. You get 30 first downs, you are winning it. So that was good. Uh, th- there was something that I sort of pointed out, and same as the last game, it's just, again, how the Bengals... Worked the clock far better than the Bills. This there was a couple of plays I looked at in particular. It was the start of the second half. The Bills had it. They went in a fourteen-play drive for sixty-five yards, and it lasted seven minutes and eighteen seconds for a field goal. That just again that can't happen. You shouldn't be settling for a field goal. I know you take it for it is, but when you're behind. In a playoff game, can you afford to waste 17, uh, 17, seven minutes just to come up with three points? I don't think so. But then, what did the Bengals do straight after that? They followed up. They replied with a 12 play, 75 yard, took six minutes and 25 seconds off the clock for a touchdown. There's an entire quarter of a game gone in two possessions, and you're 7 3 up when you're already get a lead. That is a masterclass again of just controlling the clock, running it down, and poor—I'd say poor, poor play calling. <coughs> excuse me from the from Buffalo. And again, there's maybe a big question mark: how much have they actually missed Brian Dable yeah. in that play calling? Yeah, but I guess like there's a masterclass in controlling the clock, but also shows that the Bengals have that sort of dual threat and offense that the Bills just didn't have—the zero run game whatsoever. So he's having to make this the passing game all the time. And you know, that just wasn't working. But again, maybe I think, I think that was... Shakir, Diggs, Knox, yep. Be- Beasley, 
Gabe Davis obviously been an absolute standard recently. Surely there's some big plays, you know, you get chunk yards. You can go 65 yeah. yards in a hell of a lot quicker than seven minutes. And I know there's some there yeah. and that's going to slow things down, but come on, surely you can actually take bigger chunks there. And maybe that's what Diggs' problem is. Maybe that's why he was having an absolute go at Allen in the sideline because he wasn't seeing a moment. He wasn't making these deep shots. But either way, it's another, for me, I'm happy to see it. It's another missed opportunity. I think Allen's cap hit goes up by about 23 million next year. They've got a whole load of talent that are about to come free agents. Has their window closed? No, I'm delighted because the Pats are back, baby. But uh, (laughs) but, shut up, you. Uh, the the we'll see what happens then. But again, I think there's a, a you know have they just wasted another opportunity where they should have actually been Super Bowl contenders and they probably should have got there. You know, again, whether it was last year throwing away a lead with 13 seconds to go or whether it was I think they got blown out the year before that as well. You know, it's just this window that was meant to be there. They were meant. I think they'll always be there, but it's got to be a hell of a lot harder when that cap hit kicks in. Any other thoughts, guys? Are we happy to move on to the NFC now? Nah, listen, we've, we've wasted enough time on, we on have. Josh Allen and um, his ineptitudes. Oh, one <laughs> other thing. It's just Joe Burrow's uh, comments post-game. What was it? Better send those refunds. Better send the refunds. Aye, yes. <laughs> Get it right up the minute. You can Aye. just see them in the background just milk and chocolate. So, <laughs> fucking ring you. Uh, Right, I, that was good. Let's go to the next one then, lads, shall we? Jump to the NFC, Saturday night, Giants travel at Philadelphia Eagles, take on the divisional rivals for the third time this season. Eagles had triumphed uh, all those times, but heading into this one, obviously there were big question marks of the fitness of uh, Jalen Hurts. Giants had just come off of that convincing win against Minnesota Vikings. So, you know, for a lot, could this be the upset of the weekend? Uh, well, no. Since Murdo is our Giants fan, it was a pumping. There was no twadoots about it. <laughs> Jeezy peeps. Jeezy peeps, man, this was a dude. The Eagles dominated from start to finish. They ran out comfortable 38-7 winners. And basically, it was a great reminder, I think, to everybody why they are number one seed in the NFC. Uh, studs, did you watch this one with any great hilarity? <laughs> I, can, I watched, uh, I think, until it went to 21-0, and then I, can, I, I was done. I had to get up early. Um, the next day, so I, can, I, I think, I think that's as far got as well. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, think, I, I think I remember seeing the message saying goodnight. Um, <laughs> it just, I, it, this was not the same Giants we saw last week. They had, it was as if they'd, just completely spent themselves on the Vikes, or maybe it was the fact that the Eagles just absolutely dominated them. I mean, when I watched the highlights back, when you see Jason Kelsey full on left, um, oh, what was the offensive lineman's name? That nah, I've, I've lost it. It wasn't the Dexter Lawrence. It was, it was the right guard. I think it was. He just full on lifts him with, and it's one arm. See when you watch the full motion, he literally because his left arm does nothing. His full right arm, he just lifts this guy and tosses him, and it's just an unbelievable moment of strength for Jason Kelsey. And I know I'd mentioned in the pod last week. I was curious to see how 
Kelsey in the line would stand up against the likes of Dexter Lawrence and they, they more than stood up to them. I mean, that run game for the Eagles was was frightening. We had Kenneth Gainwell getting 112 yards. Miles um, Sanders was just shot at 100 yards. They just ran all over the top of them. Well, that's it. Look, I mentioned in the, the kind of intro there, part to this game, was there was big question marks over Jalen Hurt's shoulders. First first drive, I don't know if it was the first play, an absolute bomb down the field to Devontae Smith. Second play, just a, all questions answered there. Was that at the point there was a sigh of relief running about Lincoln Field and they're like, right, on we go, we're back, baby? I mean, I, th- I think... The Eagles might as well have just had another bye week, to be honest. I mean, they weren't tested at all this week, were they? I mean, they're going to be well-rested for the 49ers, that's for sure. Um, nah, look, the Giants done really well. Again, we spoke about the Jaguars earlier on about overachieving this year, the Giants in the same boat. I mean, they, to get to the divisional round, the Giants have done brilliant this year. So, hats off to them. Great effort. But this was always a doing. And they done brilliant against the Vikings last week. The Eagles are a step on class again. So they're they're an absolute step on class for the Vikings. Um and it showed. Um, you know, they pretty much took the second half off for what I read. I never, I never stayed up for it, but um I think I, I gave up quite early doors as well. But I I, I I tried to stay up for it, but by this point I was about the twelfth beer in and I was I kind of <laughs> passed out on the couch. So <laughs> I, don't, I didn't quite see the end there, but uh I, I kind of get the gist. But no, I, I, I you know, look at the stats, look at the box score of this one, and it just didn't look like Philly even had to really try that much. You know, is it they did Jalen Hurts throw 24 times when you're rushing for 258 yards? That kind of does it. And not only are you rushing for them, but it's that well. And you've got three rushing touchdowns in the game, one of which, yeah. I, which I thought was pretty funny. Just a wee anecdote in here is uh, I'd been messaging Murdo the day before. Uh, and he's just asking, he's staying up for the game. You go watch us. I have like, course I'll be watching it. And I was like, So, Murdo, great mortgage advisor. There is, I was like, Make sure, Murdo, you get your mortgage on a Boston Scott touchdown. <laughs> and his response was, Fuck Boston Scott. So, it's some time in the wee hours of the morning. <laughs> I just got a message, it just replied to his own message of fuck, saying basically, Fuck Boston Scott again. <laughs> which, <laughs> which I enjoyed. I was like, Well, if you just listened to me, you'd actually be a pretty rich man by now because that was the 11th touchdown that Boston Scott has against the Giants, which is quite unbelievable. It's just something that guy does. You know, he is the giant killer, as I think he he was getting called uh, beforehand. Uh, Yeah, they just ran all over them. They'd absolutely no stop on them. Sanders, Gainwell, you're saying Scott was in about there. And... You know, AJ Brown was at three receptions, 22 yards. He was sitting in a deck chair somewhere, just smoking a cigar, I think, in the end zone. Just, <laughs> I'm, I'm here if you need me, but battering lads, he's been fine without me. Uh, saying the lines are just unreal. I thought this was on. Un- oh, there's one point I think the defense studs that we need to bring up the most underrated player in the league, Mr. Hassan Reddick. I don't get why there is not the same love for this guy as a Bosa, a Gara. <laughs> Cheers for that. You may want to go and Sorry. get checked out, man. <laughs> I don't try to catch <laughs> the mute button, button, to be fair. <laughs> <laughs> That's how I reached up here. There's a mute button up here, and I must have just missed it. Uh, so apologies. <laughs> 
No, listen, Hassan Redick, obviously, you'd brought him up in the pod last week. And as I said, obviously, I've seen his stats. I'd seen how many sacks he'd had and I knew how good a kind of season he, he had. But I probably paid a little bit more attention to him following that kind of conversation we were having on Thursday night when we were talking about um, how good Bosa had been and stuff. And, I mean, the guy was frightening. He was everywhere. He, that um, Giants line couldn't stop him. If he wanted to get to Daniel Jones to put pressure on him, he was. Um, I think, did, he, did I read somewhere they got a couple of sacks in this one as well? He did. So which, I think which, fact, which, which for me came and actually is one of the part for... There was the opening Giants play. Did that set the tone for this entire game, right? The go, what was it, eight plays for 28 yards. Again, it lasts for four minutes. But it ends with... They were second and five in the Philly 37. Uh, it is Hassan Reddick tackles Barkley for a two-yard loss. So they're now... No, sorry, he gets two yards. So it's now third and three on the Philly, what is it, 36 or 35 yard. Jones is sacked for minus five yards and it's split between set, uh, Sweat and Reddick. They then go for it fourth and eight in the Philadelphia 40 in the opening drive, right, I couldn't get it, just coming off a sack of Daniel Jones, guess what happened again he was sacked again, guess who by Reddick, right for another <laughs> loss of 8 yards I just, I, I, as I say I think Brian Dable's done a great job Mike Kafka have done brilliant this year, you've got to really appreciate what they've done I can't figure out why I understand that like, if you're moving the ball at will and you're in fourth down, you think, okay, fourth and short, you can do this. What, what was the thought process be- behind going for it, basically at midfield, at, when you're fourth and eight? I think with they're already 14-0 down at that point, so he's already two touchdowns down. The no, no. That, that was their opening drive. It was 7 nothing. Oh, I, just, I, I, right. I just couldn't understand that one myself. It's definitely a ballsy statement for table, do you know what I mean? Um, but I think in the opening drive, though, it's like, a sh- like you know, it's an opening drive, shut, shut the run, shut the tone. If you get it, you get it. Right, it sets you up for the whole big game. I think it was, I don't know if it was Greg Rosenthal was saying in the, around the NFL podcast earlier, I was listening to, he was saying, like, do you, or was it Mark Sess? I was one of the guys maybe on there were saying, like, was that basically Dable? And Kafka and Merton, they don't trust their defence and they cannot stop the Eagles. So they need to points. They just need to keep yeah. them going for it. it. It's kind of similar to um, what what we used to see in Kansas where like, the Chargers would come in and if they go in field goal range, they would go for they would go for it in fourth down like, every single time. And it and it bit Brandon Staley in the ass in numerous times because it, and he he openly confessed these press conferences at look, we're not going to win with field goals. And when you're going against a quarterback or a team that you can't stop, there's no point in punting the ball away if your defence isn't going to stop them. So, I mean, I do get that kind of logic from them if that's if that has been their thought process. Um, because looking at that score, they weren't doing, their defence wasn't doing much against their offence. And what was it, 28-0 down at half-time? And they end up... They, the, the defence was offering nothing, um, so they were probably right to kind of make that call. Well, 
I, that's why I'm going to agree to disagree with your studs because I, I you just come off a sack, you know, you'd basically managed to run the ball for two yards, stuffed, sacked for a loss of five yards. Just punt it. Just get right. it away. Try, try and pin them. I do, I do get the logic. Danny, you've, been watching the, you've been watching the Pats too long in a conservative playbook, though, so, you know, need some gutsy calls in there. No, if it was the Pats, they'd have tried some sort of draw play or something. Wow, like Chandler, Jones would, Chandler Jones would have appeared out of nowhere and flattened something. <laughs> or we'd have tried a lateral or something. Like <laughs> <Yep. laughs> right, a couple of other things just to mention before we go into the last game, which I liked about this. Uh, a wee bit of kudos here to the Giants. Their touchdown, their one and only, it was a lovely play. Nice wee trick play there. Wildcat to Barkley, who then hands it off to, oh, who was it? Uh, da, 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 da. I've got it here, I'm sure. Matt Breeder. Breeder. The forgotten man. They actually made a couple of plays in this game. But yeah, hand off to Breeder. I thought that was a nice bit of scheme there. That was that was well drawn up, well executed. Uh, I'm sure everybody just thought it was going wildcat and straight in by Barkley. So it was, I think they filled the entire kind of country and world with that one. I think the cameramen were following somewhere else. So that was nice. And just a wee bit for Dallas Goddard. His touchdown. Oh, so there's another one as well, but Dallas Goddard, that one-handed catch, pulls it in. That was absolutely lovely. I love a one-handed catch. Did you see the yeah. defender? He was no, he was on skates trying to catch him. Um, yeah. The the Giants guy, he was just missing in action. I would, I would have just. I think it was McKinney. Was it? Was it McKinney? Was it even McKinney? Might well have been. Well, say it was him again. Right. Come on, right? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, a nice wee bit of payback for uh, James Bradbury as well. His interception just completely jumped that. He knew exactly where Daniel Jones was going with that. It never stood a chance, and that's what gets me. That's what happens when you cut a man. And he goes to your rival. <laughs> I know. I was going. I was hoping you were going to bring that one up actually because we hadn't mentioned Bradbury's pick yet, and it, it was. So- as you say, he knew exactly where that ball was going, and he was he was there three days before the receiver. Uh, you can tell that they they spent a bit of time playing against each other. They knew exactly how to read Daniel Jones, and yeah. uh, absolutely brilliant. I thought that was yeah. So overall, an absolute pumping. Nate Dutes. Is this, as you as you said, Pat. They did well to get to where they overachieved. I don't think it's uh, all doom and gloom for New York. Disappointment. It's always the hope that kills you in the end, isn't it? But I, th- I think you know they've got a big off season coming up. I mean, they're going to keep stuck with Danny Dimes, so they're going to stick with Sakwan. You know, because these, these guys are uh, free agents, so they're not or they need to franchise tag. We will see. We will see. We should do another podcast all about that. Why not? We can talk about who they do, or who they keep, who they get rid of, who they move on yep. from. But we will see. Uh, yeah, still the second best Jones quarterback in the league. Anyway, right, let's go into the last game here, lads. It is NFC Divisional uh, playoff game. Cowboys 49ers. This was a this Sunday night match, right? A rematch of an old rivalry in the NFL. Dallas Cowboys, obviously they were travelling down to Levi Stadium, take on the 49ers throughout the whole 70s, 80s, 90s. These two teams have gone head-to-head, backward forward, some of the most memorable playoff games uh, we can remember, including the catch, you know, Montana to uh, was it, uh, Dwight uh, Clark. You know, so all eyes on this one. I think a lot of people this one circled as their, their top game in the weekend. Uh, 
It wasn't the classic we'd hoped for, uh, I would say. It was still a fascinating game, I think. Two of the league's best defences going toe-to-toe. In the end, the class of the 49ers overcame a which was a pretty sloppy Dallas Cowboys team in the end. 19-12, this one finished. Studs. How much do you look at this and come away learning something different? about either of these teams or did you think they went as we thought it would go? I think we probably if, from a scoreline perspective I think you're looking at it and you're saying it kind of went as we expected it. You're looking at two top defences going toe-to-toe with each other and I think you just had to see the, I think it was the first hit for Dallas on Brock Purdy um, when I think Micah Parsons got around the edge and he was on top of him in a flash and I think that was probably a wake-up call for Purdy to make him realise the time wasn't going to be there that he's maybe been afforded the last few weeks. Um, and again, obviously the, the Niners' defence, I think the Dallas' what, third, second, second possession? Interception. Do you know what I mean? Dak interception come back. And what just an showed, awful play that was. Uh, that, that, for me, would be the concern. If I'm, if I'm the Cowboys, is Dak the one to take you forward? That's that's got to be the question for me. And I, I, I don't think this is on Mike McCarthy. Um, I think his players probably let him down uh, more than anything else. I think well, that Dak's decision-making for me, I think, is certainly questionable in this game. Well, before we... No, let's just do the now. Let's, you say <laughs> let's go for it. Let's look at Mike McCarthy. We might as well just jump to that final play of the game. <laughs> Zeke snaps the ball. Zeke plays the lineman who, let's face it, Mac Jones put up a better defence against Chandler Jones than Zeke did. What, right. What, that, that was just, what, what the name of right. fuck was that? Like, I, so, I, I'm baffled. Right. So uh, Mike McCarthy, right? We'll, so we'll say he's called that play, right? Who does Dak throw it to? Who, who's right? So he's obviously got Turpin big guys your, out. Your punt returner. Big, <laughs> big, big guys on the right side. He's got bigger big guys on the left side. He's got Dick Turpin or whatever his name is. <laughs> <that in> there. <laughs> <laughs> he's like the weirdest guy out of the lot of them. He's built on the side of a fiver. And you're going to throw him the ball and let Dre Greenlaw come and just eat him alive. Or Fred Warner. I can't believe who it was. I can't remember who it was. But one of them just must have seen their lottery numbers coming up and just manhandled him as soon as he got that ball. There's not even that. You don't throw him the ball when he's on the deck. You make them jump for the ball. Come on, fuck that. No, see, I understand him in the play, right? And something like that, it was obviously they weren't going for a Hail Mary. They're going to try and lateral it out. You want a guy who's dynamic with the ball in his hands. That's what these, you know, kick returners, punt yeah. returners are. So I understand it. But no, as your primary weapon, you kind of surely you want to try and get move the ball down the field a bit and try and get his, his hands at the end. You throw Aye. it to a, a Dalton Schultz, you throw it to a CD Lamb, you throw it to one of your big boys there. Try and make a play, try and get a bit of movement. Be at least he don't throw it to the wee sky for no. absolute nailed. It really did bring back memories of that Colts. Although oh, I did, uh, the Colts were against that, the Patriots. Back if you actually uh, point, had a bit of fun with that one as well. 
Well, he was saying it was a worse play because the Colts one was never actually meant to be snapped. (laughs) (laughs) Whereas this was an actual play it was drawn up to be snapped. I'm sure sure that play worked a million times on the practice field, though. You know what I mean? It's just they've not got the the 49ers defence coming after them normally. Against who, though? (laughs) Against who? (laughs) (laughs) The cheerleaders. Oh, no, you're talking. But no, and again, we were going to make this one's not Mike McCarthy. Yeah, the, the player can execute, but the clock management was definitely down to Mike McCarthy, and that was an absolute disgrace at the end of this game as well. So, come on, let's save. We, we can't just aye, there's, there's the elements of that are on, on Mike McCarthy, but obviously, the execution for me is I see that that's I would be worried about Dak. I don't think Dak's looked the same since he's come back from his ankle injury. Before that, he was very mobile. He was making plays with his legs. I don't think I've seen that as much now. Obviously, his his ankle was in a bit of a mess, um, to say the least. So you're going to expect these kind of things. But even, I mean, you're talking through the most interceptions in the regular season this year. He played five, five fewer games than the rest of the starting quarterbacks. So like that, that sink in. He threw the most interceptions, but played five less games. I mean, he's got weapons. There's no doubt he's got weapons. Oh, he does. It seemed to me in this game, though, that or not in this game, but it's coming up. Like he's the opposite of what we were saying earlier about Joe Burrow. You know, as things start getting a bit colder in the colder weather, Burrow's balls, you know, are growing massive. Big cojones he's got there, whereas Dak seemed to be shriveling up into tiny, tiny little, little raisin balls or something like that. You know, just that's quite a vivid description, wasn't it? I hope he's enjoying it. He's been in grand size bath first thing in the morning. (laughs) Exactly. But you know what I mean? It's just it just seems to have completely collapsed, and you know, you. I don't know, a bit of hubris again from Jerry Jones with the contract that they've given out, the contract they gave Zeke as well. I think he's in the line for about 16.7 million cap hit next year, Zeke. Yep. A ridiculous right. contract for somebody that's your short yardage back now. Yeah, and it, and it was obviously unfortunate. I think Pollard broke his leg in this game. A so. high ankle sprain. What was it? No, he broke his leg as well. He's got a break as well, I oh, thought he broke his leg, so uh, he's got a bit of recovery time now. Obviously, it's not an issue since they were completely pumped out of there. But oh, he's a free agent now. No, he's got to prove his fitness to get a contract now. Well, that's true. I, I'm sure they'll have plenty of suitors coming after him. But obviously, we had the return of the yips for uh, Maher, the, the kicker, who that absolute awful extra point attempt on their, uh, the Dalton Schultz touchdown, I think it was. Uh, they make it go 6-3. That was awful. Another kick. He did all right. He managed to pull back got a couple of field goals in there. But again, that was something to watch. You know, you could just hear the commentators and everyone building him up. They're like, oh, no, how's he going to go? And then it's low and left and it's blocked. And, oh, the pain. You could just Aye. see it. And they wonder, like, <laughs> Jerry Jones before the game come down, I mean, you just tell him, like, you know, you know, fine with was getting, but like, you better make these kicks. I'm going to shoot you or something like that. You know, he's just like, he's not going to take any shit from him. Yeah. I, I think the block done Maher a favour there, though, to be fair, because that was. Uh, it was going wide. Well, like, it was going wide. That, that was the close. 
But that's but it was also low. That's why it was blocked. It was just a ah, shit yep. kick. Start <laughs> shit kickers. <laughs> it's because he's shitting himself and he's kicking it. I mean, he knows, he knows he's finished. He can. You can see Jerry's gun already pointing at him. Like you've got anyway, right? Let's go after. We got to sort of go off the losing team, right? Because they, they they were rubbish. I'm I'm kind of glad. Everybody loves to see the Cowboys lose. Well, maybe it's just me. I'm pretty sure they've got a couple of fans out there. But yeah, there's something about that run. It's just that 30 years since the last made a Super Bowl. You just got to keep on continuing on. I'm happy with that right, Pat. Anyway, tell us about 49ers. What did they do well in this game? They're a complete team, aren't they? They're a complete team. They even make the Mr. Irrelevant look, look decent at, at QB as well. If you look at the threats they've got across the park, I mean, like, obviously, the defence is sound. The defence is absolutely solid. This was a defensive masterclass. I think, actually, for both teams in this game, Cowboys done really well in defence here as well, like Stud said. I mean, there's, there's some mistakes on there for Dak, which ultimately, I think, has cost them the game. Purdy didn't repeat those mistakes. Purdy kept the game quite simple. Made the passes it had to. He's one sort of Passed to Kittle, who juggled it, one hand then off his helmet, off his face, and then and brought it down. You know, um, trying to see, yeah, it was crying, it was totally trickling out. It was a but big weekend that, for ends, uh. <laughs> aye, But then obviously that led to the uh, eventually CMC's Russian, Russian touchdown. Um, I don't know if you've seen on that one, um, it was the number 69 for, for San Francisco, was it McGlinchey? Oh, I was McClinchy, yeah. He, I think he blocked about three different players so that CMC could right. just run that in. So Unbelievable. So the strength of the guy was just brilliant. Like, you know, it makes, makes the job so much easier for the running back. Yeah. So, McClinchy, was he, you know, the one that got victimised off passing as well and sent airborne? I don't know, pass. I, I think because there was one of, the, one of the passing ones where he absolutely sent somebody flying as well. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm pretty sure it was McClunchy who is the wee guy who was sending flying. No, no, he's a big lad, an absolute unit. <laughs> yeah, it's a total unit. Eh? Um, but no, the Forty Niners are brilliant. Like if you look at the, if you look at their weapons they've got up front, you know, Ayuk really stepped up for me this year. I think he's he's what a thousand plus yards this year as well. Thirty touchdowns. Obviously, they've got Debo, they've got Kittle, obviously back. He had on CMC, but then obviously you've got Elijah Mitchell come back. He's now adding to it as well. You know, he's 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 comes in. But a lightens the load on, on the running back game as well. Um, and as I say, Mr. Irrelevant coming in, he's now, what, 7-0? And, and heading towards the NFC Championship game. No bad, is, um, it? is it? Is he the first rookie to make it to the no, the Championship game? No, I'm, I'm a liar, aren't I? Did Ben not do that know. as well? Don't know. Ah, don't know. Well, let's just see that, right? If anyone's listening, <laughs> again, come at us. One. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I've got to say though, I think for everything that Brock Purdy has done recently, you know, you can just go to, you know, take your hat off to the guy, you know, he said seventh mm-hmm. round pick last overall, Mr. Irrelevant and all that sort of stuff. He was had a couple of plays in this game though, right enough, where he was starting to look like that rookie though, but he just seemed to be, you know, every the Midas touch almost that everything just seemed to come off for him, you know, he threw a couple of passes there which probably should have been picked, they were pretty dangerous, but obviously didn't yeah. lead to none towards, so again, I guess he's he's kind of getting there, they're making the plays get through it, Dak obviously threw up those two interceptions, I think one was to, what was it, Lenore and another one, Fred Warner Yep. in the game yeah, yeah. The, again, it, it, Pat have you taken do you look at this game and think, ah, okay, they're maybe not quite the powerhouse they were? You know, after last week's game, 
I was all in on 49ers. I thought this is the complete team. They're going to dominate. They've got the lines to do it. They've got the talent to do it. You know, 19 points. I think previous to this, the last sort of four or five games, they, they really scored below 34 points or something. With this one, 19. We saw just with the Eagles, then to the Giants. You know, do you see, should Niners fans be worried? Um, I don't know if it's sort of worried. I mean, I think for me, I, I took the Diners to win it this year. I, I think they were the best shout for it this year. Um, there's obviously question marks over Purdue QB. I think that that's that's the one that's one weak spot. I think in the team defensively, they're they're massive. They're they're, they're insane in their defense. Um, their all line's good, and they've got weapons up front. It's just that sort of QB. And like you say, we've seen over the past seven games hasn't really been an issue. Against a good Cowboys defense, yeah, they did struggle, but they found a way. So they did, and I, you know, for me, they didn't look in any danger. I didn't, I didn't at any point think the Cowboys are going to win that game. I mean, if, if, if anything, I thought you know, Cowboys have got more mistakes in them. The game has got to drag on any, any longer. Um, Eagles are going to be a tough test. Um, as I say, off a bye week and then playing the Giants, where they just weren't tested and basically rest the second half. So. Uh, oh. Well, actually, that's a good point. So, do you get else to put in this game? Are you happy? No, I think uh, Pat said obviously Brock Purdy is is probably the kind of weak link. I don't know. CMC's calves might be proving a bit of a weak link as well because he's um, seems to have picked up a, a knock. Um, and I think whilst Elijah Mitchell is very, is very good as a running back, he's also injury prone as well. And let's face it, he's no CMC. Um, no. So, I think if he's struggling. At all for this Eagles game, I think the Niners defense, the Niners offense could be more because um, you'll start to see Fox, Sweat, Reddick start to tee off on Brock Purdy for me, um, which is not going to be what Brock Purdy is going to want to see. It's a good well, test. It's a good game next week. Well, a couple of good games. Why don't we have a look ahead to them then, right? Again, a wee sneak preview. We know the guys are going to do their thing later on in the week. And when we'll get more information about, you know, high ankle sprains and, you know, CMC's hamstrings or whatever it is, you know. Calf, calf. Calf, sorry. But, right, so we know who's playing who. We've got the 49ers at the Eagles Sunday night at 8pm Central Glasgow time. Then we've got the Bengals at the Chiefs Sunday at 11.30 Central Glasgow time. First of all, just a quick one, guys. Do we agree that the four best teams progressed? Yes. Yes. I'll keep Absolutely. it simple. Yep. Yeah. Again, I think a lot of people will have spoken about had maybe the Bills down, like me, had the Bills to beat the Bengals, but no great surprise seeing them in the best team won quite definitively at the end of the day. I think for for me, from the AFC side, you're looking at the best two quarterbacks in the AFC. Um, and I'm, I'm kind of done with having Allen in that same level. I think he's just slightly below both Burrow and Mahomes now. Um, I don't think he's... He's got to a level. He's got the weapons about him. He's not finishing the job for whatever reason. Um, so for me, you've got Mahomes and Burrow, top two QBs in the AFC, if Mahomes is fit. They, you're looking at a cracking game and probably could potentially be a shootout if both are. Well, we know Burrow's going to be fit, but if Mahomes is fit. Yeah, 
and Dan Orlovsky. I don't, I don't know if you've seen that. I sent on to you that he's burrowed well, down as the best QB in the league, which is hard to disagree with the stuff he was saying. You know, not saying taking it away from Holmes, saying he's the most talented player in the league. But for the, the, the tangible things that a QB needs to do, reading defences and all you know all that good stuff, processing it, calling it plays, going through his reads, he is the best. But we all know Mahomes has got the magic touch. You know He's got every pass under the sun. He's elusive in the pocket. You can't bring him down. That stuff is the stuff you can't teach. Whereas, and it, I, I, I kind of agreed with Dan Orlovsky in that one. It depends on how you're measuring it. Obviously, it's taught, you're talking about the tangible things on a quarterback, but it's not always going to be the tangible things that's going to win you a game. Um, no, no, you know no. I mean? And that's, that's the thing. It depends how you're measuring it. For me, it's what we should be doing is just let, let's just embrace mm. the fact that how good the quarterbacks we've got and enjoy what we're watching. Um, okay. You know you're going to get magic from them. You know you're going to get these big plays, so let's just enjoy it. I'm going to bring this back I, I, until you mentioned Josh Allen starting a fight and then he fucking loses his head. <laughs> right. Uh, right. Why don't we get our early predictions in, right? Something that we can put on record here so that can you cast back up to us at a later date, right? I'm going to, I'll come to you last, right? Well, why don't we start the first game, 49ers Eagles? Who are you taking early doors in this one, Pat? I don't know. I really don't know on this one. Uh, well, if I'm going to stick with 49ers since I've said it for the start, or do I say Eagles are currently arrested? I'll, I'll stick with what I've said for the start. I'll say 49ers. Stadzy? I've, <clears throat> on my predictor, I went Eagles, so I'm going to, I'll stick with that. I've, I've got the Eagles. Oh, he's frozen in time, but he's gone for the Eagles. I'm going yep. for the, I'm going for Eagles, Eagles as well. The Super Bowl. Oh no, he's back. He's back. He's, well, we kind of lost you for a wee minute there. Aye. Eagles back. for the Super Bowl. Eagles for the Super Bowl, right. No, I've got the Eagles in this one. I, I, again, I had that the recency bias with them on a bye had me all in love with the 49ers, but having watched that performance against the Giants and just how completely they look all over the ball, all of both sides, special teams as well. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm in the Eagles with that one. Right, studs will come to you last then. Bengals, Chiefs, Pat, what are we saying? Who's winning the early doors? Paddy, Paddy Mahomes, you know, dealing with basically half a leg. Or oh, Joey B, Ryan at cool, wanting refunds. Um, if Pat Mahomes is on one leg, then I'm taking the Bengals all day long. Studs, the Arrowhead Invitational. The Arrowhead Invitational, I was waiting for it to drop back. <laughs> <laughs> Just so as Brian can sit and shout at his phone or whatever he's on his podcast on. Um, right, so the, the Arrowhead Invitational is back. Um, I've got, I have had the Chiefs to win it all through my kind of playoff bracket. I've got a Kelsey brother Super Bowl. Even with Pat on potentially one leg, I'm going to stick to my guns. Um, I think our defence has been stepping up. Um, so I'm, I'm hoping they have a big day and somehow manage to slow down those Bengals weapons. I'm going to say Chiefs. I'm going with Bengals. I'm just, I'm all aboard. I am riding the Joe Cool's balls because by this point, they're enormous. <laughs> the Joey B rocket. Yeah, everybody could just, just get on board his, his testicular fortitude that he owns and he is just going to lead that team. Because what's not you love? But again, and again, I, I, 
as we kind of say, I love a wee bit of this sort of underdog, and I know setting G on the road over the Super Bowl, we kind of call them underdogs, but you know, there's still something about the Cincinnati Bengals. I think they'll always be underdogs, just given it's the Bungles, you know. So, no, I, I, at this stage, I'm going for an Eagles Bengals Super Bowl. So, I, what's that, number 15? I think we wrap That's up there, lads. What do you think? That wasn't any bad. I, I thought, you know, sorry, get their money's worth there, huh? Yeah. Right. So, Talked enough well, shape for a day. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Any final <laughs> thoughts, then, lads? What he's got? Anything to add to it, Pat? No, I think really looking forward to the weekend. Two cracking games. Um, we'll see what happens. Superb studs. I have just seen that the event on Friday where I was going to meet Donny Hall at Maggie Mays has been cancelled. Donny Hall has had an offer in America, so he's no longer coming over, which oh, I am absolutely devastated about because I was looking forward to meeting The human him. joystick? The human joystick, the X Factor, it was I. So, so it's the whole just, event being cancelled or is it? Whole, is the whole two, whole two events, so Glasgow and Edinburgh have been oh, cancelled, so I feel, feel bad for the Stramash guys because um, they've obviously put a lot of time and effort into organising it and it was supposed to be on Friday with Donny Hall, Jeff Reinbold and Scott Cooper, formerly the Scottish Claymores, was going to be there. So oh, it was going to be an point. interesting night. So I got gutted for that one. Well, hopefully get to reschedule and I'll actually get to make it. Uh, I was actually ending up talking to some of the guys over because I put up a, a tweet with all my Pat's gear out in, my, out in the Pat Cave. And uh, yep. yeah, it was good to see everyone out there. Uh, I definitely need to add to that. I need a few bits more, I think, just to well, that, bulk up. This one, this is a blank mini helmet that I got at Christmas specifically for this event. I got oh. a blank mini helmet so as I could get Donny Hall to actually sign it and uh, obviously no longer happened. So, aye. Oh, well, we'll stay tuned. Hopefully that kicks back off. And again, thanks to everybody who's listened, watched, all that good stuff. It's, uh, it's always a good laugh. Uh, be sure again, subscribe, rate, and all that other good nonsense that we, we, we like to do. Uh, find us on social media, uh, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube. Uh, drop us any questions, get involved. Uh, yeah, always happy to hear from everybody. It's always, there's always great takes out there, very knowledgeable how much this sport has really grown right through uh, Scotland in particular, so it's all good. The crew will be back to preview the AFC and the NFC Championship games. That's it, lads. We're doing three games left of the year. It's hard to believe in it. Uh, but we will go back. We'll do our best to somebody let a horse in there. What the hell was that? <laughs> that was part. That was the that was, best that thing. That was part. Three years ago. No, no. It's, it's hard to believe in it. But oh well. Right. Take it easy, lads. Take care all. Talk soon. All the best. Cheers. Take it easy, guys. See you. Bye.